Very excited what we were able to get accomplished uh, in the first round tonight to get a player like Christian not only fills a need on his football team, but he's a pure left tackle. We're excited to uh, get Christian here. Felt like we needed uh, not, not just athletic, but we needed uh, some more size. So we're excited to get him. Hello, Vikings fans. Welcome to episode number 91 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's the round one 2021 NFL Draft Edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by High V. We are very excited to have our good friends at High V on board with this show all weekend as we cover every single thing that happens throughout the NFL Draft for the Vikings. It was a very interesting night for the team. At number 14, the Vikings do not pick. Instead, they make a trade with the New York Jets to accumulate a few third-round draft picks and move back to the 23rd overall pick, where Christian Darasaw, the left tackle from Virginia Tech, is still available on the board. A player that Rick Spielman says they were looking at at the number 14 overall pick, so clearly all things worked out for the Minnesota Vikings front office as they were able to add a few picks and get the guy that they wanted at a position of very great need on the offensive line. So with that, I bring in Vikings Entertainment Network's Gabe Henderson, and of course, the man behind the Minnesota Vikings podcast, Jay Nelson. And guys, it is a late night here at the TCO Performance Center as we recap all the things that happened with the Vikings on this first night. So I'm throwing it to you, Gabe. You were all over the place. You hosted the Miller Lite draft uh, happy hour, and you also got a chance to talk to Christian Darasaw himself um, with a one-on-one after he was selected. So give me all of your takeaways from a crazy night for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I I think I'll start with my conversation with Rick Spillman and how nervous and tight he said the the draft room was um, after they traded back. I mean, sometimes you could bite more than you can chew, and I feel like he almost found himself in that situation and he admitted it so hearing him say that was was funny but yet interesting to hear because you you know you want to acquire some picks we know the Vikings didn't have any second or second round picks so he wanted to try to get some draft capital and he did that with Christian Derisaw I think the most interesting thing that he said was they were trying to trade up in the draft so that that says a lot to how aggressive the Vikings wanted to get this offseason and I mean, all chips are on the table. Clearly, you know, there is no position off limits if he's talking about trading up. And I'm not I'm not implying anything, I promise you. But at the same time, it's one of those things when he says a guy like Christian Derisaw, he's like, oh, man, like I'm sweating bullets, hoping he drops to the 23rd spot. When he drops there, it's just like, finally, you can breathe a little bit. And for Christian Derisaw, I asked him, I said, hey, like, has it hit you yet? Like, what are you feeling? Walk me through that moment. And he was like, yeah, you know, I was sweating bullets too. You know, it was getting nervous because he saw, you know, two or three offensive tackles coming off the board. And he was like, I know I should be coming up here soon, but I don't I don't know which team. So it, it was it was a very eventful night to say the least. And I'm excited. Christian Derrissaw is on the team. I think he fits this roster. Um, Rick Spillman, him and I talked about that also, why he fits, how he fits, where he will see fit for the future with Christian Derrissaw. And Man, Vikings fans should be excited. I mean, everybody was talking about we should address the offensive line. We did that in the first round. So 
everyone should be drinking their beers, celebrating with their friends, and, and enjoying their night. Drinking their Miller Lite and enjoying some high V groceries is what all you Vikings fans should be doing. Um, after the pick was made for Virginia Tech's Christian Darasaw, who started 34 games in his career with Virginia Tech, and he did not allow one sack in his last season um, with the team. That's pretty impressive. Only six pressures is what he allowed last season. Clearly one of the best left tackles at 6'5", 322 pounds, and 34-inch arms. I mean, he is a big man, something that Mike Zimmer says is lacking um, and was lacking last season on the Vikings' offensive line. So let's recap the trade that happened really quick. The Vikings obviously traded the number 14th overall pick to the New York Jets, but they also traded the 143rd pick, which was a compensatory pick. uh, That was also traded to the New York Jets. But in return, the Vikings get two third-round picks, 66 and 86, along with the 23rd overall pick, which they were still able to get their guy, as I said before. So clearly a really, really um, impactful trade on the entire draft for the Vikings because now they have four third-round picks, and they can really do whatever they want when it comes to trading up, getting a second-round pick. They also have three fourth-round picks, um, so seven picks um, in that little uh, area there that they're able to really make some moves up and down the draft on day two, which you definitely expect Rick Spielman to trade into the second round. So let's break down Christian Darisol a little bit more. Jay, you've watched a lot of uh, left tackles in your time with the Vikings, and you've seen a guy like Bryant McKinney uh, in your time, which I know is the comparison that you came up with when we were talking before the show. Yeah, I've heard some people kind of bring that up and just say what reminds him is just he's the big, beefy guy that once he gets his hands on you, he likes to finish a block, and that is what they're looking for. I think what's interesting, Gabe, you had said he kind of kind of felt like it hadn't fully hit him yet that he's about to be in the NFL, and I go back to when we had the the interview before with our, our players and just said, what was your draft experience like and everything, and, and they were kind of asking him, what was the biggest realization you had when you walked in the door? And it was all of these guys are really good and I have to bring my A game every time. That I think is what, if if he's even remotely hesitant at this point, he's going to get that trial by fire uh, when he walks in the door. And I think if coach is excited, think about how many times we've talked about trying to mix and match and trying to find some chemistry and trying to bring in somebody who's and get some fire going on the offensive line. If he is this big road grader nasty type guy, then that's going to be a welcomed addition to what we have had for the last couple of years because those guys are more kind of technicians. Yes, there is some nasty to those guys, especially Brian O'Neill. You'll see him finish some blocks five, 10 yards down the field. But if this guy coming in with a little bit of attitude, which is what you love to have, especially at left tackle, if that's what he's going to bring to this team, it's going to be great to have him on this team and just further solidify the amount of talent you've invested now in your offensive line. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are talking about how smooth he is and you know how laterally quick he is, but at the same time, not a lot of people are talking about his toughness. I mean, he played with a core, a torn core muscle all of last season and still did not give up a sack. He had growing surgery in January and still competed in his pro day, and his numbers were off the chart. So this guy is a freak of nature, and he battles through injuries. Granted, he only missed one game in his entire college career, the, the guy, he's healthy. 
He can play. He's mobile. He can pretty much do everything you need him to do. And I'm sure, you know, Rick Spillman and those guys, I mean, they, they looked into that medical evaluation. I think Rick said they had two medical – they got like two medical forms from Eric Sugarman like an hour before the draft. Of course, Christian Derisaw wasn't one of those medical forms. But, I mean, this year was so unique, you know, the, the scouting process. So for the Vikings to land a guy like Christian Derisaw, I, I think that's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I found it really interesting that Rick Spielman admitted to the media that we really didn't talk to him very much. Um, obviously, there was no combine process in person, but uh, you definitely don't hear Rick admit something like that very often. But clearly, they were very high on him that they were trying to get him with the number 14 pick and decided, eh, let's trade back. We think we could still get him at number 23, Jay. But that kind of stuff does happen more often than you think. Um, and it, a lot of times, it's just because they don't want to tip their hands. And it, you know, they, the prime example of that was Harrison Smith. He had no idea that we, he was on our radar. He he's told the story numerous times that he's sitting at home in Tennessee and all of a sudden the, you know, nine, five, two number pops up on his TV. And he's just like, who the heck is that? And it was the Minnesota Vikings. And he's like, I had no clue that they're on the radar. And, and the Vikings have flat out said in the past, part of the reason they'll do that is they don't even want to give uh, agents the thought that Minnesota's there because when other teams come calling saying, Hey, has anyone talked to you yet? They can say no. And it's the honest truth. And it, it it goes back to my analogy earlier from before with the other episode, it's that high stakes poker, man, you don't want to show anything. And, um, you know, if Christian really was one of their guys, which we all believe sitting at that 14th pick, they held their hand perfectly and they were able to, to run out a a flush, uh, and, and hit that on, on the river. So, yeah, it, it's awesome that we got this guy, and I think he's going to be a great fit for our offense. Can you uh, remind me again to never fill out a mock draft? Because <laughs> myself and every other person had a selecting of Elijah Vera Tucker, and clearly the Vikings, that he was not a priority on the Vikings roster this year. Not not to say he's a bad person, but we all thought he was the perfect fit for this Vikings team, and including myself. But now when you watch the film and you see – how Christian Derisaw stacks up against this Minnesota Vikings offense. It's like, dude, like what were we even thinking? Like clearly we're not Rick. No, but what you were thinking was a traditional guard, right? And like for us, right. the whole idea, I, I don't think if an Elijah Vera Tucker would have got selected by the Vikings, it would have been a problem. But when you, you look at this, you look at Derisaw and he was a true left tackle that you can plug in that way. And then you, gives you flexibility with Ezra Cleveland and Think about if something were to happen now to either Brian O'Neill or to Derisaw, you have an Ezra Cleveland that can play that tackle position, so it gives you even more flexibility on that offensive line. Yeah, I kind of like that we went with the hardcore to left tackle because I feel like in most years we've gone with the, oh, maybe he could play guard, maybe he could play tackle. No, we went with the player who is slated to be the left tackle at 6'5", 322 pounds, and to see the way he run box down the field, I was watching some film on him. You don't see that from a left tackle very often. To be all the way down the field when a running back um, is is able to break out and make a big-time play, and that's mostly because he was following the big 6'5", uh, big dog is what they call him there at Virginia Tech. So really, really interesting to go watch his tape. I recommend that Vikings fans go do that. Maybe you'll see why Rick Spielman and the Vikings front office was very interested in Darisaw over a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker at a USC, which went to the Jets at the pick that we traded to the New York Jets. So um, it's amazing that, that we were able to add those 
extra two third-round picks and also still get um, Darisol, who we would have taken at the 14th overall pick. So we're going to get into an interview with Vikings Entertainment Network's Ron Johnson in just a little bit. But first, I just want to ask Gabe one more thing. When you're speaking to him after he gets drafted and, and you get that time to speak with him one-on-one, uh, what what were his feelings like? And just tell Vikings fans your, your main takeaways. I know you went into it a little bit before, but just what what's your overall takeaway from speaking to him tonight? My biggest takeaway is that he he is a dog. Like when you when you watch the film, you, you say like, man, like he he just plays so nonchalant because the game just comes easy to him. Like he like he doesn't have to do much for him to be effective. And I feel like he knows that and he understands what the critics are saying. But at the same time, he's just like, you know, my job is to prove the critics wrong. Like I'm going to prove Minnesota Vikings fans that I am a first round pick and I'm going to show why uh, they chose me and why I, I am the left tackle of the future. And the vibe that I got was great with them. I mean, the, the entire interview, I mean, he just seemed like a great, like a, just a great person. I mean, I know we draft football players, but the the character of a person is what, you know, shows on the football field also because you, you want to put the best guy who can think, who's smart, who's very intellectual. And then you can tell the Vikings did their research with him and just talking with Christian, you can just tell like he loves the game. Like he loves He loves what he does. In my interview, I asked him, you guys at Virginia Tech pretty much ran a similar style offense here in Minnesota. How do you think you'll be able to fit within this Vikings offense now, understanding that you you ran a similar zone run scheme? And it was like, you know, I I fit in perfectly. I feel like it's, you know, once I learn the plays, it'll be smooth selling because I understand what they're they're looking for, how to get to the second level, how to block for a guy like Dalvin Cook, who he is – You'll listen to the interview. He is ecstatic to block for a guy like Dalvin Cook. He was just like, yeah, man, like, you know, I watched Dalvin. I did this with Dalvin, and, you know, now I get to block for him. I'm so excited. So the, the guy, Christian Darisaw, he is coming in ready to make a huge impact from day one. Definitely has the ACC connection there yeah. with the Florida State man and Dalvin Cook, so that will be interesting uh, to see the relationship between those two. We know that will be great. Um, we are going to get to an interview with Vikings Entertainment Network's analyst Ron Johnson, but first, make sure to maximize your draft weekend and shopping experience by earning fuel reward savings, exclusive monthly deals, free grocery delivery, two-hour express pickup, and your very own personal shopper. Sign up for Hy-Vee Plus memberships today at Hy-Vee.com. Thank you to Hy-Vee for being with us all weekend long right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast throughout the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, it's time. Let's bring in Vikings Entertainment Network's Ron Johnson. And with that, we bring in Vikings Entertainment Network's Ron Johnson, who was a big part of the Miller Lite Happy Hour uh, to preview the draft from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Gabe, you were alongside Ron during that uh, broadcast. That was super fun to watch. I mean, seeing all the Vikings, the legends, uh, all the analysts from the Vikings Entertainment Network, Gabe, I mean... It was so awesome to see the both of you guys host that event. Yeah, my favorite part of the show was when Ron asked um, Robert Smith and um, Chuck Foreman. <clears throat> no, I think what you you posed a question to Lieber, right? You said if you were yeah. all three of you guys were drunk in the bar, who would you want to tackle? You asked Lieber, who would you want to tackle? <laughs> Robert Smith or Chuck Foreman. Answers were hilarious, but yeah. Yeah, it was a happy hour, you know, so I had to had to get get the, you know, for people watching at home, you know, the 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 monotony of football talk can get to them. So, had to give the people a little entertainment and yeah, my my basic question was if they had been drinking, the conversation would come up cuz you know how it is when guys get to drinking, old stories come up. 
And I'm like, if you're a linebacker and you had to choose, who would you do better against in the hole, running back versus linebacker, Chuck Foreman or Robert Smith, who would it be? And, of course, Lieber just said, if I'm drunk, I'm taking everybody on. So, you know, it, we never got the actual answer. We'll have to yeah. get that from him later. Yeah, it was a good time talking to those guys, though, especially I think one of I think another highlight was having Michael Pierce and Dalvin Thompson on, you know, just hearing from those guys. And they were joking about, I guess, Dalvin Thompson said, well, Mike, you getting all the double teams, so I'm going to be freed up all game. So just hearing those guys joke and play around and just it was just good vibes, good energy right before the NFL draft and seeing how the Vikings attacked it this year. It, it was fun to watch, but it's, it's been a long day, put, put, been a long night. Let's put it that way. All right, well, back to the events of the night. Christian Darasaw is drafted by the Vikings after they originally trade back from 14 with the New York Jets. What are your overall thoughts, Ron, on, on what happened and the picks that were added in the third round? Well, I went on Fox 9 and Hope BRT asked, you know, same question, who do I think they should take? And Christian Darasaw was my guy. I felt like he was going to be there at 14. Um, I kept saying that they can trade back. I know I was on KFAN and I hosted Gabe was on. We did a draft show and same thing came up. If the Vikings can trade back, grab some draft capital, get a second round pick. But every single time I kept saying Christian Darishaw. And the main reason was when you look at his metrics versus the other guys, he's bigger than Rashawn Slater. He's bigger, bigger than Vera Tucker. I felt like Brian O'Neill was already your felt kind of, skinny long tackle so i don't no, think really i like it to, yeah you know <laughs> i don't think you need two of those guys um you know and and so i i look at that kind of a tackle the brian o'neill type that was an ancillary idea i think that's that wasn't really needed uh if we get it great but i don't think so i think too often you get guys that you think are here and technically they're right with what you already have Darishaw is something we do not have in Minnesota. You do not have a 325-pound road grader, a guy that's going to put his hands on people, maul people. Um, even though he looks like he has a baby face, he looks innocent, you know, that kid is a killer. And so I think when you get him around a bunch of other grown men uh, that are going to challenge him every day, that are going to make him better every day, because in college when you're that big, oftentimes going against some of the teams Virginia Tech play, ACC, eh, it's okay. Going against some of those guys, you're not facing top guys that are challenging you. Well, now this guy's going to be challenged. I mean, you got DJ Wanham, you got Daniel Hunter. I mean, you got NFL guys, Stephen Weatherly, you know. And then if there's a loop, you got Dalvin Tomlinson now. You got to deal with the looping of uh, Michael Pierce. So he's going to have some big guys that he can't take plays off. And I think that's only going to help him. And then when you go to those games, that's Khalil Mack. You know, when they play the Bears twice, you got Khalil Mack, brother. You cannot sit yeah. back and be relaxed and calm and cool because, you know, he looks like a cool brother. And so <laughs> that's what I think you're getting in Darisaw, and that's why I liked him because you don't have that. You That that to me feels like a left tackle, whether Kirk Cousins is the quarterback or whoever is the quarterback in five years, that kid can be the staple left tackle of this team for a while. To me, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what you used to have with a Bryant McKinney, who is just a mountain of a man who was a little bit nasty, who used to love to put people on their backs and, and used to road great. And if you are looking for somebody to open some holes for a guy like, like Delvin Cook, I think this guy is going to be a perfect left tackle and also simultaneously helping Kirk on his blind side. So to me, I think this pick is, is it's kind of a safe pick, but it's a fun pick to think about what this might be, especially if he can get out in space a little bit. I think the question that I, I got to pose for you, Ron, is now with having a, a pure left tackle in Christian Darisaw, 
what does that mean for a guy like Ezra Cleveland who battled adversary but has success at the right guard position? Yeah, I think same thing. You know, when you look at his size, Ezra to me didn't feel like a true offensive tackle. It felt like he was the best available at the time. He was a guy to bring in to give you O-line depth. They already knew they had Reef. They knew they had uh, O'Neal. They knew they had Bradbury. They thought they had Elfline. And so when you, you, you look at all the pieces they've had over the, you know, the time to try to mold guys together, Rashad Hill, uh, Uda, you know, you look at all those pieces. And so I think what that does for Ezra Cleveland right now, honestly, it gives him the, the peace of mind of I'm going into camp. I'm a guard. You know, last year it was, well, I'm a tackle. I'm a backup. And then I'm going to, you know, hey, can you play guard? Now he's going into camp saying, I'm a guard, which means I can eat. I can have six or seven sandwiches. I can have a couple steaks tonight. I can have some potatoes tomorrow. I can drink four Miller Lights. Why? <laughs> because I can get that. I can get a belly now. I'm a guard. I can get that guard belly. I don't have to be sexy anymore. You know, <laughs> I can get out there and just get in the way, double team guys, help out the center, you know, and just be a guard. Gain that weight. You know, don't worry about trying to be a sexy tackle anymore. And I think that's what that gives him. Man, to to be 21 and somebody tell me I can gain weight, like, man, like I, I, I feel like it's too easy to gain weight now at the age I'm at now. But speaking of, you know, a guy like that, you know, earlier you were talking about Christian Derrissaw. You know, he's smooth. He's cool. But in my interview with him earlier tonight, I basically asked him, I said, what are Minnesota Vikings fans getting? And then he sat back and said, hey, and, you know, anytime somebody sit back when you ask them what they're getting from them, you, you, you know you're getting a dog. So do you see that dog mentality in a guy like Christian Derrissaw? Yeah, I do. When I, when I look at some of the blocks he finished, you know, down the field, killing guys, you know, willing to finish the bot, block. But, again, not every single time. And like he said, I heard you ask him another question, which was, has it hit you yet um, that you're in the NFL? And he's like, I don't really think it has yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's going to be the trigger that switches in that mindset. When you realize I'm in the NFL now, this is my job, 9 to 5, 6 to 11, whatever those hours are, I have to do this and do this to the best of my ability to stay in this league because this league is not for long. You know, if you don't do what you have to do, you'll be out the door and they'll be drafting a new tackle four years from now. And so I, I, when I look at him, I look at those blocks that he finished. I look at the ability to put hands on guys and guys couldn't get around him. You know, once he got hands on guys, they couldn't move. And so that just shows that nine and a quarter hand he has, you know, those 35 inch arm lengths, you know, the arm length. He has that ability to keep guys off, hold them strong, but not let them get into his body so that they can kind of get rip and get rid of them. Uh, but again, we've seen videos of Neil Hunter working. We've seen videos of Warren Sapp doing drills in the NFL. These defensive guys are technicians with their hands and their attacks. So he's going to have to be the aggressor. He's going to have to learn that punch to keep guys back. I mean, you watch guys like Trent Williams, you watch guys like Orlando Brown, um, you know, you've got watch guys like Frank Ragnow, even though he is a center, he has some of the best uh, foot uh, footwork that I've seen from a guy that size playing center. And so those are the things he's going to have to learn. You know, he's going to have to deal with different moves. You know, he's probably going to see moves in games that he's never seen in his life in college. Mm -hmm. Um and, and that's what you're getting. But, yeah, I, I definitely think he has some dog to him. And I think when you look at that offensive line, the makeup of that offensive line, um, as they said, I think Brian O'Neill is the weirdo out of the group. <laughs> um, 
it's 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 different. You know, when you see that makeup of guys, I didn't I didn't see that. Like you're saying, I didn't see a Brian McKinney in that room. I didn't see you know a Orlando Brown. I played with Orlando, which I feel old. I played with Orlando Brown's dad, dad Zeus, Zeus, in Baltimore, yep. and Zeus was a crazy mf. Like dude, <laughs> dude would take weights and break mirrors. Um, he was crazy, like crazy, but he was a team first guy. He was the first guy off the bus. He was the first guy to the fight if we all got into it with somebody. But I'm talking about absolute madman to the point where I don't want to hit him late. I don't want to do – and that's what I hope that Darisaw brings to this offensive line. I got one last question for you. Obviously, we got to ask the wide receiver about – what's going on with the wide receiver position in this draft. You hear Mike Zimmer literally say in his press conference that they were looking at the wide receiver, the wide receivers in the first round. So um, with the Vikings scheduled to have four third round draft picks, three fourth round draft picks and Rick Spielman saying he wants to move up into the second round. What wide receivers are we looking at um, to add to that position? Clearly we need that third wide receiver to pair with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Yeah, I mean, where Chase came off, Waddle came off, Smith came off, Kadarius Tony came off, and Rashad Bateman, and so that's kind of the usual suspects. Um, that was the guys when I bought that to, you know, even my own guy Gabe Henderson. You know, when when they asked me for a fifth receiver for the Vikings, I said Rashad Bateman. He's like, really, Rashad Bateman? And I'm like, look, I watched the film. I, I am partial. I'm biased, but I watched the film, and this kid is good. No. And so, <laughs> the, the the Baltimore Ravens see it in him as well. Um, but now you still have a guy out there by the name of Rondell Moore, really good, explosive mm-hmm. kick return. You have a guy by the name of Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU. We thought he was a first rounder, supposed to be the 25th pick to the Ravens. They like Bateman better. Um, you look at Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, another jitterbug type guy. And then you drop all the way down and you're talking maybe four fifth rounders. You look at Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Good. Amon Ross St. Brown, his brother, Equinemius St. Brown, who plays for the oh, Packers. Packers yeah. Um, this is a kid who's really good as well. And his dad was a bodybuilder. He was like Mr. America or something. And so this kid has a work ethic like no other. He, he hit the internet by storm in high school because he was killing it. But he's another guy at the USC that could be, you know, that guy that comes in. He is a junior, so he didn't play as much. COVID kind of, you know, got in his way as well. But those are some names that you can see later rounds that could really help. But honestly, I really like Rondell Moore. I think he's going to be an early day two guy. Um, I think, you know, a team that needs the kick return, punt return, and dynamic receiver will take him. Um, but with the Vikings, like you said, seven picks between three and four rounds, you have to turn two of those or three of those even into a second round pick. And then maybe that's your guy, Rondell Moore. And now we answer wide receiver three questions because every camp I feel like the last two years has been who is wide receiver three. And it's always still been, well, let's just give it to BC or let's just give it to BB. Uh, nobody really stepped up like when Randy Moss came in and became wide receiver one and then Jake Reed and Chris Carter were default two and three or one A, one B and then Jake Reed. Um, you didn't have that, you know, and that's that's what I think they need. Even though Laquan Treadwell was technically wide receiver three, he never really stepped into that role either, in my opinion. Um, but now I think that's I think that's a guy we haven't had a punt returner since uh, Marcus Sherrill's. And it's time to get one because that this more and more becomes a game of just catch the ball. And then when you have a chance to run, get us some field position. Don't scare us where every punt, I felt like sometimes we're sitting back there like, oh, just don't drop the ball. <laughs> you know, and that's what the Vikings can find with these receivers in, you know, day two and three. 
Yeah, I think even a guy like Daz Newsom from UNC, 5'11", 195, ran a 4'3", at the combine. He, he could be a, a round three guy that could fall to the Vikings in case of Rondo Moore or a Terrence. Uh, some of those other guys get that, that get snatched up. But before I get you out of here, I got to ask you, what's more of a priority, trading up to the second round or getting another offensive lineman in the third? Trading up to the second round because you can get offensive lineman in the second round. Uh, but I'm going to say trading up to the second round just because – Best available. I mean, I, I bought this up on our Vikings show, and you think about all the second-round picks the Vikings have had that have really done well, Dalvin Cook being one of the you know earliest memories of one, but then Brian O'Neill. And so the second round, I mean, but look at other second-rounders, T. Higgins, uh, Michael Thomas. You know, the second round has some jewels that you often forget about sometimes, and those are the guys that really help out and create depth and also then just make this team and make the roster better. And that's where, I mean, you can even go back to McKenzie Alexander. You know, he's another one that, you know, second-round pick, took a couple years to get under Mike Zimmer's system, and then, boom, became one of the top five nickel corners in the league. And so I think that's why the second round is important because there's a lot of value there, but you don't have to pay as much money for him. When I hear you break down cornerbacks and wide receivers, I'm listening. I know that. So thank you so much for joining us late at night here um, on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, Ron. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hopefully trading up in the second round for one of those big-name wide receivers. Appreciate it. Old fashions for everybody. All right, well, you heard it there from Ron Johnson. A lot to look forward to uh, for day two of the NFL draft for the Minnesota Vikings. So many picks in the third round as well as in the fourth round. Seven overall picks uh, between those two rounds and a lot of potential to move up into the second round. But uh, before we look forward to that, let's kind of just break down what happened in the first round around the NFL. Clearly, Trevor Lawrence went first overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Zach Wilson went second overall to the New York Jets. Those things were given, but then at number three overall, Gabe, Trey Lance was a total shocker to me um, from North Dakota State, the quarterback going to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Mike Shanahan said Trey Lance was the most intellectual quarterback in the draft, so clearly they knew who they wanted from the beginning. I guess they were just using smoke screens by fooling everybody, telling that telling them that they were going to select Mac Jones. Like similar to what I said about myself selecting uh, Elijah Vera Tucker in my mock draft, pretty much everyone else had one, two, three, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Like it, I think that was probably the biggest shocker tonight, having Trey Lance with the third overall pick. I think he fits well. I personally didn't think Mac Jones was the perfect fit for the 49ers. I'm glad Trey Lance is the guy I Honestly, thought Justin Fields would be the third overall guy, but it was interesting to see a guy like Trey Lance, a guy who only played one year of college ball, to be selected third overall. And I'm sure a lot of 49ers fans are excited about that pick. I guess now we'll just see what happens with Jimmy G. It's crazy. But just recapping some of the other things that happened in the first round, Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, goes to the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan. The Bengals pair Joe Burrow with his former LSU wide receiver, Jamar Chase. The Miami Dolphins pair an Alabama wide receiver in Jalen Waddell with Tua uh, over there down in Miami with Brian Flores. That's a really interesting couple combinations that were added in the first six picks. Uh, Panay Sewell goes to the Detroit Lions, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. And then going down the list, a couple cornerbacks were taken. And that's where it gets interesting. Wide receiver out of Alabama, Devonta Smith, 
the Philadelphia Eagles find a way to trade up to the 10th overall pick ahead of where the New York Giants were, and they snag him at a clear uh, position of need, Jay, at the wide receiver position. The thing that was interesting to me was the amount of divisional angst that had to be going on because you you had Philly jump up and trade back with Dallas and they did that to leapfrog the Giants. So like all three of those teams and all three of the the picks that ended up happening for those teams, they're all going to get compared against each other for years and years and years, especially being in the same division. So think about last year, the amount of, of, of crap that Philly fans took because we took Justin Jefferson when they took Rager. They turned around and went after Devonta Smith this year, and they're just like, he is one of the clear-cut tops in the wide receiver draft here. We're we're not going to make that same mistake again. I think people think this is a pretty smart pick, but just the, the amount of flip-flopping and jumping that had to go on here at this number 10 position was interesting to me. Yeah, clearly the the Cowboys wanted Patrick Sertan. So when he went ninth overall, a pick before them to George Payton and the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys were like, ah. Oh. Who wants to trade with us? We we don't want to be here anymore. It's kind of like the the angry angry kid who who got his lollipop taken away from him. Just I don't want to be here anymore. So it it was it was funny to see how the Cowboys were trying to trade back more and more to I guess get more draft capital. Another team that didn't want to be there anymore was the New York Giants at number eleven after Devonta Smith was taken. So the Chicago Bears trade the house. Uh, to trade up to number 11, and the divisional angst kind of happened with us there when you see Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields get taken at 11 overall to the Chicago Bears. So uh, that will not be a fun sight to see two times a year if he's able to fill that quarterback position. But the next thing that happened that gave Vikings fans some angst was the 13th overall pick, the pick before uh, what was going to be our first pick in the first round Rashawn Slater the offensive tackle out of Northwestern goes to the Chargers a player that uh, has been linked to the Minnesota Vikings at number 14 so then when we're up at 14 we trade out of that spot and Elijah Vera Tucker like we talked about earlier in the show is drafted by the New York Jets at 14 last note Mac Jones falls to number 15 for the New England Patriots Gabe I mean it, that, that those kind of things only happen to Bill Belichick that he's able to get the guy who is supposed to go number three for, falls to number fifteen without them even having to trade up. Yeah, that's so Bill Belichick esh. Like, I mean, it's just it, it didn't surprise me at all. Um, like Mac Jones just fits the the Patriot way. A guy who I mean, he played at Alabama, so he knows the Saban way. So now he goes to the Patriot way and. Maybe he's a developmental guy where he sits a year behind uh, Cam Newton in in that offense trying to learn the ropes. And then from there, I I feel like we may see, unfortunately, the the New England Patriots get a couple of rings with a guy like Mac Jones. Just because he knows how to win and he's in a good system. Clearly, that's it. Crazy, because Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, when you watch that documentary on HBO, clearly there's a connection that's going on there, so I'm assuming that had something to do with the draft pick at number 15 overall. I think that's about going to do it for us at the Vikings Entertainment Network on the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by High V. It is late at night. Gabe has had a long day. I know producer Jay Nelson has had a very long day. Uh, there is so much content all over Vikings.com. You can catch press conferences from Rick Spielman as well as head coach Mike Zimmer talking about uh, the first round selection. But also go check out the Vikings Happy Hour uh, hosted by Miller Light that Gabe hosted. Really, really interesting uh, 
uh, conversation between current Vikings, Vikings legends, uh, Chris Young, a country singer, joined the show. Really, really entertaining broadcast that the Vikings Entertainment Network was able to put together. Uh, also, tomorrow night on this very show, we are going to have former linebacker Ben Lieber as well as Vikings.com's Lindsey Young join the show uh, to be part of the MVP crew here on day two of the NFL Draft. It's going to be super exciting, as we said, with all the picks uh, that are being made. So definitely tune into that tomorrow night. Thank you again to our friends at hy V for their great sponsorship of the Minnesota Vikings podcast all weekend long. And be sure to stock up at your local hy V on all your draft weekend needs. Jay, I'm going to throw it to you because it looks like you have something to say before we let the Vikings fans go. I can't finish this thing without hitting the hot story of the day. And our friends to the east seem to be having a little <laughs> bit of a personnel issue at this How point. How could I not bring that up? I'm like, we can't, we can't finish this thing without at least mentioning it. Yes, nothing has happened. But when Adam Sheft, okay, first off, the fact that Paul Allen this morning <laughs> at like 8 30, 9 o'clock this morning brought this story up and it I, it was the only place I heard it. And I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? And I text my friend in San Francisco and said, apparently the Niners offered a boatload of picks, Jimmy G and the number three pick for Aaron Rodgers last night. And He's like, how credible is this? And I'm like, the guy who's saying it is somebody who has steam and he usually just doesn't throw these grenades in the room without it being a legit thing. And then when Schefter hit it at 2.30 this afternoon, Central Time, when he announced uh, that this was a thing, that is when all hell broke loose. And crazy. it was bananas. It's, it was, but it was fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> As as a Viking fan, it's fun because then you start seeing, well, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to San Francisco? Is George Payton make a play for him in Denver? Um, uh, Schlereth tonight was tweeting out saying it's basically as close as it can be to being a done deal. And then you see, well, what about the cap hit and all this kind of stuff? And maybe it's going to happen in June now because of the cap hit situation. Like It was the craziest thing in the amount of text that I was getting from people was awesome. So I had to bring it up because it is just insane to think about. And even just the irony. Have you heard about the, the, the 16 year rule? Have you yeah. heard about that? Bart Starr, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, all three played 16 years in green Bay. So here's the thing. If you're, if you're a top tier hall of fame quarterback, you might as well pencil in You're 17. You're playing somewhere else. <laughs> That's very true. I hope I, I hope Jordan Love isn't on that same path of the 16 years because, I mean, that would not be uh, welcomed by many Vikings fans. But positively speaking, for Mike Zimmer to lose Matthew Stafford and potentially Aaron Rodgers from the NFC North in the same offseason, Gabe, I mean, did you expect that to happen? Uh, no, I did not expect that to happen, but I do want to give a congratulations to Paul Allen for his new journalism career and breaking news. I think he's done with the 9 to noon show, and uh, he's now a, a newsbreaker, but it, I think anybody in their right mind would have predicted that both Matt Stafford would be the quarterback for the Detroit Lions and Aaron Rodgers would be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2021. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are is right, and we are very excited for day two 
of the NFL draft. It, it is day two at the time that we're recording right now, so it, it will be today that the Vikings hopefully move up into the second round with all those draft picks that they accumulated in day one. So thank you again to our friends from High V. Thank you to you Vikings fans for listening. This was the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and for Jay Nelson as well as Gabe Henderson and Ron Johnson, this is Chris Corso, and happy first NFL draft day, everybody.